any one is good, because we have to make them zainas. Okay, thank you. It's Wednesday night. A little off color. Ruchim Aboim to the Sukkah. Tonight's class is the Ilun Ishmas in the memory of Avram ben Yitzchak. First yard site tonight. Hey, who's giving the ice for the drink? What's going on over here? Such deprivation. Well, let's do just the water, I guess. We settle for what's at hand. Um, unfortunately, breaking a trend, which is not a good thing to do. Last Wednesday night, we did not have a shear. Much to my chagrin, it was Matzi and Kipper, and people were just not in the mood. Although by 9 o'clock it would have been no problem, but there was no convincing my wife. Um, hit me again. You know what? Tell them to bring out some say the Chaiman over here. What's going on in this place? Um, we're sitting in a sukkah. We're going to say the Chaiman water tonight. Definitely have to bring something up. Um, Sukkis is Mansim Chaseinu. A time of rejoicing. Technically, or not technically actually, but in actuality, every Sheer Wednesday night, usually, the title of the Sheer is the Parsha of the Week. This week, this Shabbos, we will not be laying a Parsha of the Week. So therefore, to set our goals on talking about the Parsha of the Week, might not work. Um, oh, sense of humor. Not like an Israeli with a sense of humor. Okay, bring it out. What do you want to do? Something good. <laughs> the truth is, at Fasukah, you're supposed to drink Shivas. Because no, because it says Basuka Tesh for Shivas Yamin. We owe Milton 20 but We finished it all. You start oh. Any sponsors? <laughs> Sorry. That's okay, it's typical women. Hey, how are you? Haksameach. It's typical. Women don't usually know the time. The time. Oh, oh, oh wait a minute. This is, a, this is an issue here. I have a phone here. It's on Skype. I forgot about that. Let me see if I can answer both. One minute. Someone's going to go on hold, I think. Then we'll have to join. Call on hold. That doesn't work. Yossi, I have to call you back. Okay, call off hold, I hope. Can we get this call off hold? Oh, boy. We are in the middle of this year. What's up?
Mm-hmm. Okay, we shall send a text to do so. Okay? Okay. Okay. Um, one second, we got to add people. I, I tell you, some, we have to get somebody to be a technician for this thing here to monitor the peoples and sign them on, sign them off. Where is he, Yossi? Oh, there he is. Okay. Yossi, add to the call. Hold off now. I just had to make a bracha online. That was the main thing. Um, no, don't send an upgrade because it causes havoc. Tonight, as we said before, the first yacht site of Avramba Yitzchak. Zman Simchasein was not apropos really to talk about a yacht site. Not apropos to talk about a moment of Avelis. But interestingly, and as uh, Yol mentioned, that he's going to have to do this every year, have his father's yard on Yud Ches. Interestingly, we get a little bit of a halachic view, almost a halachic twist from a Chalamoid yard site. And it happens to also be a happy twist. And therefore, I guess we can talk about it on Chalamoid. And we can mention the idea of the yard site. And we can mention what a yard site does and how it works. The Shekhanarach tells us, although in Tavshin Memches in 1988, when the Rebbe sat Shiva for the Rebbetzin, the Rebbe pretty much readjusted this idea. The Shekhanarach tells us the first three days people are sitting Shiva, we don't play Shiva call. Unless extenuating circumstances, you're not going to be in town, you're leaving town. You do go to Davin, and you do you are Menachem Avelim after Tefillah, but you don't go to pay an actual Shiva call in the first three days. The reason being, because it's the first three days of Bechi, it's called days of crying, and this is when the people are first getting over and understanding what actually happened, what transpired here in Abach. And therefore, the first three days, we don't trouble the mourners. However, when a person is nifter on Chalamayit, the Levaya, of course, is on Chalamayit, but the Shiva will only begin after Yom Tif, you remember. And therefore, an example of a case is this, the first three days have already gone by. So there's a plus and a minus to it. The plus that the person sits through the week of Shiva they're not in the days. And those first three days are clear to them. And when people come and the people give their condolences and people sit with them, they almost appreciate what the person is doing. Generally, the first three days, people that are sitting in Shiva, 
don't want to see anybody for the first three days, and mostly for the most seven days. It's exhausting, it's trying, it's painful. Many people, during Shiva, set up a tape recorder, and they record the visits of certain people. Because there are people that come and they tell them stories about the Nifter that inspire. Stories about the Nifter that remind them and that give them memories and bring them back thoughts and almost make them smile. I had recently, about a few months ago, a few short months ago, I had to pay a shiva call to a family here, local, not local, in Brooklyn. And, um, yes, local compared to anywhere else out of New York, but there I only want to go for weddings and bar mitzvahs. Even bas mitzvahs, but not anything else. Don't please. Births, okay, Brisson will take him. And the man, unfortunately, had once upon a time been making a good living. And he fell on his luck, as we say. And never had to sell his house, and had moved into a rented house, and it was practically needed—not practically—it was needed to borrow money to pay for the funeral. The situation: I got to say the chayim first. The chayim on the rocks, um, because again, like we said, tomorrow morning for you to bring is not very practical. Okay. And he said, I tell him tomorrow morning, you know, it's not practical for you to bring to Shul or Chaim. He says, why not? He was worried that, who knows, you know, I don't know what he was thinking. And I told him, because in Shul, we're not going to drink, we're going to have to go out to the sukkah, and you're going to lose your million way, way near the steps already. Um, and the son tells me that his father always said when he fell on his luck and everything he said don't worry kids there's a car a car you can think you think he had a, a vintage brand new uh, Lexus an Lexus he had an old car but he says the, the mile of a car is we have four kids there's a tire for each one of you <laughs> <laughs> and that was what he his legacy he's going to leave them. and that's pretty much what he did leave them um, but when we come during the week and Baruch Hashem the family although it was a shock to them the men literally passed away on the way out to work and it's a shock always to people no matter what happened to the person right now there's a story now in Argentina happened I believe Erev Sukkis uh, one of the Shluchim one of the Chabad I don't know if it was actually a Shliach or what um, fell off a ladder and, and then building his sukkah and got killed. Young fellow. I don't think he was just 50, maybe. So it's a horrific, horrific story. And um, so during the week of the Shiva, though, we get to hear and we get to know things, and all of a sudden we find out things actually that we never knew and never heard of. And we get very, very inspired from the Nifter to an extent where we say, wow. 
now I really appreciate the person. And sometimes, unfortunately, it also turns us the other way. We say, oh my gosh, I didn't appreciate the person enough. Oh my gosh, I didn't do enough to help. Oh my gosh, I didn't... But that's because the Jewish guilt always sits. This is a famous Jewish guilt that doesn't go away. But generally, a child can say, I did for my parent, I did what I could for my parent, I tried to be a good child, and... All due honesty and all due respect, a parent forgives a child for anything they did or didn't do. Because the parent knows to begin with that what a father could do for ten children, ten children can't do for a father. So they're not expecting much more than that regardless. And whatever they get is gravy. Um, (laughs) We tell a story of a thief petty thief but he went into an expensive jewelry store and he decided he's going to do some shoplifting and he picked up a very expensive piece of jewelry boom the manager caught him red handed and he says hold on listen Mr. Manager I don't want to go to jail and you don't want to go down to the police station and sit down and file papers and press charges and everything else I'll tell you what I'll buy it from you. I'll buy the piece of jewelry. The manager said to himself also, you know, he's right. I don't want to have to sit through this. I don't want to have to go through all this headache. Okay. Let me buy it. Let, let me sell it to him. And the manager fills out the sales receipt. And he hands it to the thief. And the thief looks at it and says, Oh my gosh. Could you give me something less expensive? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to spend that much. Um, I can't. Yeah, everything okay? Yeah. Kofi Aleph. That was supposed to be an int- attendee from the year, and he calls up. I figured God forbid something happened. He said, oh, no, oh, 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 that's right, I'm on my way to this year. That one I, was going? I didn't remember. Okay, that's a, we have that all the time, right? We walk to the, uh, we pick out, take out our phone to text or call somebody, and we can't remember who it was we wanted to call. Which is up to par with dialing the number and not remembering who we called either. We have to look at the phone to see who was it that I just dialed. They answer the phone, he said, who is this? Huh? No, I did, but I don't know who you are. Um... We have to another another break in on this Skype. One second, before he causes havoc. Um, come on. During this week of Sukkis, there are different days that a person connects with. On the day of a yard site, we have to see what special connection is there, apart from the day of the month, which is Chai, the 18th day of the month. We all know Chai represents life. We also look at the people, our guests, our shpizim that come to our sukkah. 
the Ushpizen of tonight, and today's Ushpizen, in other words, tonight and tomorrow, is Meisha Rabbeinu. Our teacher, our master Meisha. Before we go off the subject any further, the Chayim, the Shamash Avon Aliyah, Avram ben Yitzchak, should be a good better for the family. He should see that he goes up. He's, I'll leave you a little twist over here as well. During Yom Tif, the Neshamas all go out of Gehenna, no matter what they were, where they were, and they're all in Ganeden, regardless. Although after 11 months, they're also already where they belong. But they get tried on their day of the yard site. And the try, the try is, the trial is, they go and they see, the court, the heavenly court sees, what did you produce? And according to your production, that's what your promotion is. And that's why Kaddish is so important on the day of the yard site. Because each Kaddish gives another level to the Neshama to rise up higher and higher. Now, we must say, and I can only attest, I never met Avram ben Yitzchak physically, but I met and got to know very, very well a very, very strong byproduct of his. From that night that the all fell into my clutches, Nebuch, and ended up with a fateful night that he davened my, with my minion. David HaMelech says, Mudaim Malafi, Mishnah Pirkei tells us that David HaMelech learned from Achitaifal only two things. And he called him his master, his teacher. I learned from Yoel tremendous, tremendous amount of things. Perseverance. I always knew it from my youth where there's a will, there's a relative. And I found out now that the truth is that that expression where there's a will, there's a way really, really has a lot, a lot of relevance to it. To persevere and to push ahead and to put up with a lot, a lot of I won't call it abuse, but um, just plain people that tend to kindly and good-heartedly and with good intentions put in their five cents instead of two. And it never rocked his boat. He never said, I'm out of here. He never tossed in the hat, literally. As a matter of fact, he got the hat. Um... There are no hours in the day or the night that Yol is not ready to do a mitzvah to help somebody out in his expertise. He goes more than nine yards with that. And I have to be very careful because he's sitting directly across the table and he's liable to start kicking if I don't stop. Because I'm not making a eulogy for him, God forbid. But what I am saying is that, that it's, it's impossible. The apple does not fall far from the tree. Since the apple does not fall far from the tree, if this is the apple, it must have been one heck of a tree. I uh, imagine this tree did not 
get that many rings to it, since the rings represent the years that the tree is standing, but Davar Melech tells us, The days of a person's life are 70 years, and if it's with strength, it's with 80 years. So we turn and we ask David HaMelech, really, 70 years? And David HaMelech says, well, I have a play on words there. Yemei Shnei Seinu. Yemei is the numerical value of 60. So I'm getting myself a leeway even of a 60. So honestly, David, our dear King David, who lived only for 70 years, under 60 is not acceptable. And when someone does return the neshama before they're 60 years old, there's a lot in the in the in the writings. The neshama came to accomplish a certain amount, and there are stories of the Balshema Kaddish where children of two or three or seven years old were taken from the world because their neshama was sent down on a mission. And as you say, mission accomplished. So if someone is able to, wow, to accomplish before the 60 years, we ask them, who asked you to be so darn good? <laughs> Hold on, where, where, where were you running? Yes, we know you wanted to accomplish, but the fact of the matter is everyone wants to see their children married. They want to see grandchildren. And the beautiful bonus of great-grandchildren. So, in his course of tonight, of Ram ben Yitzchak, should stand fast for your family and since you did leave still I believe one daughter single that in this chus maybe she should bench her and that she should find the nice Jewish boy that doctor or that lawyer or whatever that can support and supply and everything that she needs and, and give her the strength to forge ahead and to move on and start a beautiful life so that she can give the name Avram to her son and that she can name the child so that she can see the generations so that mothers should have long life and should be able to join the family in all the simchas in very very strong st- steadfast fashion so l'chaim to you, Avram ben Yitzchak, and Shama should have an aliyah, and she go mechayel l'chayel l'chaim. I tell you, I don't know how bad that stuff is, but with the ice, there's nothing left of it. I know my drambui, you can't do that to. You put my drambui on. You put my drambui on rocks, there's no problem. Moving ahead, with our regular scheduled program.
tonight, as we said, is the Shpizna Vesh Rabbeinu. The Parsha of the week that we are now involved in is Parsha's Vizayis Habracha. However, it is very rare, unless Simchastera is on Shabbos, it is very rare that we read Vizayis Habracha on Shabbos. When we don't read Vizayis Habracha on Shabbos, read on Simchas Teira. When Simchas Teira is not on Shabbos, Zayis HaBracha is still read on Shabbos. And that we also begin the reading of Chumash Bereshis. The Aliyah of Chazak of Zayis HaBracha is referred to as Chosen Teira. The next Aliyah, which is the beginning of Bereshis, is known as Chosan Bereshis, thereby followed by the regular Maftir. So there are three Sifrei Teira used on Simchas Teira. Let us, though, first begin to examine Vizayis HaBracha. Meishe Rabbeinu a loyal shepherd to this pasture, to the Jewish nation, passed up on anything, was willing and ready to do anything for the children, for the Jewish nation. Now, Technically speaking, and honestly speaking, frankly speaking, unconditional Avas Yisrael, unconditional love of a fellow Jew, they don't sell it online. You probably can't get it in a bottle, and you probably can't get it in a can. Unconditional love for a fellow Jew. You have to be a Meshra Rabbeinu. We would like to then dedicate this next portion. And as a matter of fact, every portion that you dedicate from henceforth, from now until after Simchastera, and any prayers or tilim that you then say, from there onwards until further notice, which hopefully will only be till tomorrow, should be the schuz Shalom Mordechai Halevi ben Rivka Rebashkin. Shalom Mordechai, Shalom Mordechai is sitting in prison. For the worst injustice that someone's going to come up with. You can review his case online, I'm sure. You will hear and see how this anti-Semitic woman threw the book at him for ludicrous. Last week, 
An appeal was put into the Supreme Court to rehear, open his case. Yesterday, they denied, they declined. Shalom Mordechai got the news and wrote to his children that this is actually a day of simcha for him, a day of happiness. In what? In that? Until now, we had our, we were banking, we were imagining that someone was going to be able to pull us out of this. Yes, we said it was the Almighty, yes, we said it was the hands of God, yes, the hands of Hashem, that would do it for us. But bottom line, we put our faith in the lawyer, we put our faith in the courts, we put our faith in this and that. We didn't have unconditional faith and love to Hashem. Now he says, everyone, all the plugs have been pulled. There's no more anywhere. The only way out now is God. It's purely in the hands of God. And those are the only hands, Seshal Matcha, I want to be in. And he continues to write that on the second day of Sukkot, there was a very heavy fog in the prison. And when there's a heavy fog, I guess they're worried about escape. There's a lockdown. Everybody's locked in their cells. They were allowed to go out to eat dinner in the sukkah. But dinner was 6 o'clock. Havdol was 7.30. So if they'd have to eat and then run back into the cells, they wouldn't be able to make Havdolah. Can't make Havdolah in the cell because you have to have a sukkah. So he approached somebody in, well, in the sukkah, and they shot him down, literally, they said, don't even talk about it. Ironically, another one of the guards, or whoever it was, a supervisor, came over to talk to him about something, and he mentioned again the Havdalah at 7.30. And he said, you know something, it looks like the fog is lifting, it could happen probably. And he writes to his children that at 7.30 the fog had lifted, they let us go out, we made Havdalah, and immediately after Havdalah, as we were ushered back into the rooms, the fog resettled back on top of the sukkah. A father of children, little children, missing weddings, missing grandchildren's brisen and births, for nothing, for total injustice. And yet we sleep at night. And yet we function. Meshe Rabbeinu had nobody in the Jewish nation that he would allow such a thing happen to. Meshe Rabbeinu unconditional love to the entire nation was to such an extent that we cannot measure, measure, never mind live up to. And therefore, when we look at the end of Ezeis Habracha, 
we see that Moshe did something the Einei Kol Yisrael in the eyes of the Jewish nation. And those are the last words of Chumash Devarim. But immediately when we finish Devarim, as we said before, we read, we start Bereshis. Bereshis Bara Lekim. So the last letter of the Torah is Lamed, and the first letter of the Torah is a base which is, represents the lave, the heart of the Jew. Moshe Rabbeinu, it says, Rashi explains to us, to the Ben Chamesh, the Mikra, to that child learning the Rashi, learning the Pasuk, what did Moshe do? Le'enei kol Yisrael? He broke the Luchais. What did he do? Rashi says, Lishber es haluchais le'eneyem, shenemar ve'eshberem le'eneichem. He broke the Luchais in front of the people. He came down from Mount Sinai, with the holy luchas, the tablets in his hand, he tossed them to the ground and he broke them. Why? The Jews unfortunately had sinned. And due to their sin, God wanted to wipe them out. The fact of the matter is, that the world was only created if the Jews would accept the Torah. If the Jews were not to accept the Torah, God said, I would return the world to Tehu Vavayu. So the entire world was dependent now on the fact of the Jews accepting this Torah. But as long as they did not have the Torah in their hands, said Mesha, they were not culpable for what they were doing. And therefore, seeing that they were sinning, if he would then hand them the Tera, they would have to be destroyed, as would be the entire world. We said last week, that the earth and the heavens were made witnesses <coughs> to the, everything that goes on and everything that Moshe is going to put forth before them. But the truth being told, they were not correct witnesses. Why are they not? Oh. Why are they not good witnesses? Because they are what you call Nagea Bedavar. What are you Avram ben Yitzchak. Poor, poor. Why are they not good witnesses? Because they are what's called Nagea Bedavar. They have a hand in this story. Why do they have a hand in the story? Because if the Torah is not accepted, if the Torah is not going to be learned, studied, and practiced, they have no existence. So therefore, they're not going to ever say the Jews did anything wrong. So therefore, they would not be proper witnesses. This therefore says Rashi before the eyes of the entire Jewish nation. Why though did Moshe have to do it in front of everybody? So therefore the concept of the the fact that it was in front of their eyes is not just a side fact. 
This is the entire lesson of what happened here. That he broke the Lucha Yisraelik HaYisrael was an actual, an actual reason for it. Rashi says, though, a very interesting expression. His heart was carried, his heart became as such to break these luchas. It was all in his heart. Rashi doesn't mince words. Rashi usually goes for the shortcut, if anything. So Rashi should have just said, what was the that he broke the luchas. Why does he give us the extra words that that came to his heart as such? And at least, at the very least, if you're going to tell us they did it, that why, how he did it, it should say, it came to his mind to break the luchas. What is Shinasa Libay? And what do we know that the Daitai? How do we know it was his it came to his mind? Because Rashi continues and says, and the thought of the Almighty was in was incongruent, coincided with his das, with his uh, his thought. In that case, why does Rashi use the concept of Nasiya's Lev? That it was in his heart. So, in essence, we could say, since we were discussing Moshe Rabbeinu, and Moshe Rabbeinu's greatest attribute was his Avas Yisrael, his love for the fellow Jew. So therefore, Shenos Ulibay, it talks about Moshe Rabbeinu's heart. Because this was all in his heart. The great Avas Yisrael that Moshe Rabbeinu had, the fact that he broke this Le'enekal Yisrael, the fact of the matter is, the Luchas, they carried themselves, they were holy, they were through and through, and they, you could see them from both sides, the writing was the same way. It, it was one big flying miracle. And it was a Torah. And he took this and threw it to the ground and broke it. What kind of respect was that for the Torah? How did he go and desecrate the covet of the Torah? The Yisrael in front of everybody. But this was his abnegation that he had. His mysterious nefesh that he gave himself over, he was prepared to do the worst of the worst to help the Jews, to save the Jews. We said, we've talked about last year, seeing and hearing are not the same. And therefore, Le'enei Yisrael means that they saw what transpired. And by seeing it, it affected them directly. It, take, it went straight to their hearts. Not just that generation that saw it, but for every generation thereafter, forever and ever, we are learning the Avas Yisrael that Moshe Rabbeinu had, and the fact that he broke these luchas in front of everybody. And since this great action of breaking the luchas was pure Avas Yisrael, That's why Rashi uses the word that it came from his heart. It was something he did actually from the heart. Actually did out of love. 
and not that it came to his mind. Although it was a, an opinion that the Almighty concurred with, but still in all, the idea was that it was Meshach in his heart that actually did this action. The word also of Nesia also means to raise up. Nos To rise up his heart. Mesha stood for Torah. Mesha was one with the Torah. Mesha Kibel Torah Misinai. Mesha was one. Mesha Torah is the same thing. For him to go and take Torah and break Torah. He could only do something like that because it took for Klai Yisrael. He took a bullet for the team, as we say. So in that case, we still come up with a question. We know the Klal Hakal Heilach Acharachitum. Everything goes according to the way things are finished. According to the end product, that's how we, f- we know everything goes according to that. If that's the case, why would Teirah finish off with such a story with such an episode which technically is an embarrassment for the Jewish nation the fact that the luchas were broken so therefore yeah but if you're repeating out of all the stories to repeat to finish off with you finish with breaking of luchas Zakhtman, no. That the, what is he finishing off? He's not finishing off with the fact that he broke the Luchas. He's finishing off with the fact that Meshit Rabbeinu had such great Avis Yisrael. And therefore he broke the Luchas. It's not the concept that he broke the Luchas that the problem is. The concept is a Maila, a plus that he went and he broke the Luchas for Avis Yisrael, for nothing else. So although technically it sounds like a terrible thing that he broke the Luchas, and that's a terrible story to finish the Torah with, but the Torah is telling us no. It's telling us the greatness of Meshach Rabbeinu that the Torah is finishing with. There's a medrash called Tana de Velio Rabba. In Tana de Velio Rabba, it says there are two things in the world. And this is what Bereshis stands for. Bereshis is a contraction of Bez Reshis. The two things that happen in the beginning. One is Teda and one is Yisrael. Which one was first? This is a lot less philosophical than the chicken or the egg. For those who have a problem with what came first, the chicken or the egg, and they never will solve that problem, this is a lot less philosophical than that. Amarti and he said to him, therefore, I said to him, Bini, my son, Darkan shall bini Adam Aimrim. The way of the person says, Hatera Kodma. 
And we know, we learned that the Medrash says, Alpayim Shana Kadma Tera preceded the world by 2,000 years. Avalani Emeri says, Tanan Devayelio Rabbah says, I say, Yisrael Kadmo. Yisrael came first. Yisrael proceeded. Now we have to understand how that works. Tera has no value without the Jewish nation. If there's no one to do what the Tera is telling us, nothing, no one to do what Tera dictates, then Tera doesn't have its, its, its beauty, it doesn't have its glory. Therefore you have to say that Yisrael came first. The Machshava, the Almighty's thought, train of thought, of creating... He had to have in mind first the person. First B'nai Yisrael came about, and then he said, in order for them to be mine, to be my nation, to make for me a dwelling place, I have to have the Torah. And therefore, in essence, he says, the Machshava first was that the Jews would then accept the Torah. And the proof is, because the Torah always says, Tzavis B'nai Yisrael, command the Jews, speak to the Jews. And therefore, he says, I have no doubt which one came first. And therefore, Leo said, Ani Eimer Yisrael Kadmo. Perhaps you can explain this, that Yisrael, the nation, the Jewish nation comes before Teda, is only in the concept of time. But when it comes to the level, what's more, what's holier, what's more important, what's more valuable, obviously Taylor is more valuable. This is why he says, Ani Aymer Yisrael Kadmu, and the Tanah of Eliyahu says, I am the one that says Yisrael came first. He says, no, not only did they come first in time? But the Jews are more important than Tera itself. Perhaps we can ultimately translate this. That what is the idea of the giving of the Tera? That through the giving of the Tera, the revelations can come about. Like we find in Divrei Chazal, the Tera was given because of the Jews. What was Tera so valuable to the Evishter? Because the words of the Tera will bring merit to the Jewish nation. So in essence, the value and the glory and the beauty of the Almighty's Tera was because it was able to be enhanced by the Jewish nation. This reverts back to the concept of the Enech Yisrael, the eyes of the Jewish nation. They came with the full and the completion and the total totality of Teda. As we complete Teda, which we can't complete Teda, because Teda constantly is ongoing, we come to a summation of some court, some sort, 
a subtotal, shall we say, of Tera. And this is brought down in the words and the theme of the Tera, which is Le'ene Kal Yisrael. Because Nasu it came from his heart to break the Luchas in their eyes. The breaking of the Luchas, the breaking of these tablets, was in order that the Jews should be successful. And bring out the mile of the Jews. Because at that moment the Jews were not in a condition to bring out the glory and the beauty of the Torah. And therefore we revert to the concept of that Yisrael is before Torah. Because Torah was before the Jewish nation. Until so much so that we broke the Luchais. Breaking of the Luchais is the nullification, bitl of Torah. In order to save the Jewish nation. Because what makes Tera, what gives Tera a wholeness and a fullness and a total irrelevance to the world is only because it says, Tzavas B'nai Yisrael, Dabel B'nai Yisrael. Because the Jews can bring about the re- revelation of Tera, because the Jews bring about what Tera really values. So we come back again to the original point that tonight the Yishpizen of Meish Rabbeinu and tonight also the Yatzet of Ravram ben Yitzchak. Now, frankly and honestly, like I mentioned before, I never met him. And honestly, I never heard a word from Yol about his father. But an action speaks a thousand words. Is that the expression? Look at the children that I have raised. There's no simple matter. <clears throat> Nothing happens by accident, especially not the rearing of a child. For a child to end up in a, in a given university... by whoever's choice it might have been, by the <clears throat> crossing of the border from Canada to California, or however which way it went, or wherever the original border started, <clears throat> wherever the ancestry actually started it at, at the bottom line, mm-hmm. being the right person in the right place at the right time, His son managed to not just emanate, to radiate what really the source and the insides of his father really stood for. And although I'm sure, (laughs) as with any other father, it might have given him a little bit of a shock or a uh, culture shock. Go, hearing and seeing the extreme to Chabad that Joel had taken. But deep down, he had no regrets. Deep down, 
he knew Yol did the right thing and is doing the right thing and continues doing the right thing. Generally, today's day and age in the modern world, there's a beautiful thing called paying somebody to say Kaddish. You got a guy, Kaddish has to be said, you pay somebody, total stranger, never met the person, never saw the person, and that person says Kaddish for this person, that's it. I mean, Bididi the personally, one of the people I'm saying Kaddish for now is a soldier, or a, uh, a pilot, whatever he was in the army, 96 years old, who, a U.S. Air Force pilot, who, because we were by a different funeral in the cemetery, my children, I don't want to say stumbled upon, be a nasty way to put it, but definitely saw that there was nobody going to be saying Kaddish, and said, okay, Dad, Ta, we got a name for you. And I have a cousin, my father's youngest brother, Oliver Shalom's son, who because his father was killed at 38, also manages to always find these mitzvahs, these Kaddish mitzvahs. He's constantly saying Kaddish, he says to me, update the list, <laughs> another one died, some poor soul that had nobody and nothing, and then... It's a very, very touching thing. Kaddish ultimately is said. And especially if Mishnayas is learnt as well. Beautiful. The soul really gets a, a nice boost. And then we have those whose children actually get to see the inside of a shul for 11 months, three times a day, or at least once a day. And they come to shul and they do the Kaddish. The Shama says... Ka- mourners Kaddish and they start and they know that that's Yehesh Lama or in some shuls my brother does Yehesh this is the Kaddish of Yehesh Lama and this is the Kaddish of the Rabbanan of Al Yisrael I don't know how he uses it and therefore I'm in the middle of giving a shir I'm in the middle of giving a shir Okay, okay, okay. And then there's that one extra level, that one extra step of the child that goes to shul three times a day and davens for the Ahmed, leads the service. And says all the Kadeshim that need to be said, including the Mishnayas. That's that's a wonderful thing to have, wonderful experience. And you know something? It's it's what you plant, you reap your 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 the seeds. And if you take your son and you send him to Yeshiva all his life, and he goes to Yeshiva and he learns and he learns how to, from from three years old, he's learning Ivra, and he does a, a, a whole, all his life, he becomes a, a real a yeshiva bacha, 
And then, after many years, and he's married, and finally, the father passes away. No. Beautiful thing that the son goes and says three times a day, leads the services and davens for the Amid and davens shachas minchem Then you get a bonus. Then comes the bonus of the boy did not go to yeshiva all his life. Of the boy that did not have that hatzlocha, that luck. And the boy turns around and the boy says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put my life and soul into this. And I'm going to make sure. Whoa. I got so an Ishama that looks down and says wow he pulled out all the stops and held nothing back and got up there and davened three times a day for the Ahmed what should I say Ashrecha how great it is for you and, and I'm sure you're shining and you're looking down and you're I mean ecstatic would be an understatement so as Moshe Rabbeinu Zavis Yisrael of the Shpizan of today and as we go now preparing into Simchas Torah, we were going to complete the Torah and begin the Torah again, the cycle, with the last letter and the first letter being the word Lave of heart. And we're going to go with our hearts and our souls as devotion and dedication that your son had to you. I'm sure that you're going to see to it that you protect him and his wife and in Mi'at Hashem Gizuntahit, their children and their grandchildren Gizuntahit. And it should be only Simchas in the family. And we should go from strength to strength. And we should go from this Yadzeit should become a not a Yadzeit, but a day of Simcha, where the Novi's prophecy of Hekitsu, Vedananu Sheikh Meyafar Vuhubisaycham, that again we will sing and we will dance and we will merit to all go to Yerushalayim Irakadesh on this very evening. You gotta give me two minutes, I will call you right back. Um, also, just wanted to mention for anybody that wants, next week is Simchastera, and on Simchastera night by Atta Haresa in front of the Rebbe, the Simchastera, the Ataresa Psukim are sold, of course, and the benefit for the Simchastera night of Ataresa Psukim is for Yeshiva Stemchatmim, for the Babaji Yeshiva. Anybody that wants to buy a Pasuk either for the Rebbe, or a Pasuk for themselves, that can be done, you can email me at ryhecht at gmail.com, or you can call me on my cell, and we can arrange to have a Pasuk for you on Simchas by night in 770 in front of the Rebbe. Mm-hmm. At this point, we wish everybody a good Yom Tov, 
and a Freilich Yamtiv, and we should take a seat to it that we go this very Yamtiv to Yerushalayim, Yerakhaydesh, Bimeira, Viyameno.